Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we help you unlock your potential freedom through land investing, real estate investing, and entrepreneurship. Hey everyone, this is episode 84 of the Real Estate Investing Podcast, discussing the land investing industry in 2023. I'm your host, Daniel Apke, joined again by my brother and business partner, Ron Apke. Before we get into the show, let's go over a question from one of our featured members. The question is from Marcus in our Discord community. Marcus asked, what are some of the pros and cons of answering the phone myself versus using a call service? I've been answering myself for quite some time and I want to move on to a call service. Nice. Really cool. Uh, some of the pros are, I think it's pretty straightforward. Some of the pros are you're going to get more comfortable talking about land to these people. You probably will close a few more deals in a year, in a year's time. It's not going to be a new, a, an extra deal every month or anything like that, but you're going to get used to talking to people on the phone. You can close deals. You build relationships with them really quickly. I think the sellers have a better kind of uh, relationship with you because you're the first one that answered the phone and you're the one that's probably taking it all the way through the process. Um, but I think that's an, the end of the pros, Dan. I don't know if you have anything else, but the cons, it's going to take a ton of time. One of the things I don't like about it the most is it really breaks up your day. So if you're trying to price or you're whatever, doing due diligence, you're just going to randomly get sellers calling you all throughout the day if you're sending enough mail and it's just going to really break up your day. For me personally, it's re it was really tough for con concentration where if I have an answering service, I can go review the deal 30 minutes later when I have time or when my employee has time, they can do that. And then they can uh, make the call back to the seller. So it's just a, I think that's the biggest thing. I think it's more scalable without a doubt when you have an answering service, because you can keep sending mail and then you just have to call back the good leads. Yeah, exactly. And for the most part in any business, really, no one's going to be able to sell as good as the owner typically because it's your product and service. So they know, so you might get a few deals here and there. Um, that you wouldn't have got, but it's it's uh, definitely more scalable and it's going to free up your time and just your quality of life will go up. Those calls are not easy. We took ours ourselves for the first year or so, so we definitely know how that is. But let's get into the show. The future of land investing in 2023. Obviously, right now, there's a major adjustment correction going on in the market. And we're in a big transition from being one of the hottest markets in history to a fast slowdown. Ron, overall, what what are your thoughts on the land is, industry currently and going forward, just overall, and then we'll get into it. Yeah, I mean, currently, you definitely start to feel it on the sell side. If you did not buy right, it, you, it can bite you in the butt um, on the sell side if you didn't buy right. But if you're buying right, we are still fine. We're selling properties. Yeah, we're not selling them at 100% of market value. Our goal when we buy properties is to be able to undercut the entire market by 10%. We might be changing the market in itself by underselling these properties, but at the same time, our business model is selling quickly. So that that's what we're trying to do currently. That's what I'm seeing currently. We still, and our salesperson is in charge of all the buyer leads. We still get 15 to 20 calls every single day for uh, prospective buyers for our property. It's not like we're just went from getting... 30 calls a day down to zero or two or something like that. We might have, we might be getting three to five less interested buyers per day, which might be 10% or something like that, which I don't, I don't think the price it, price has hit yet. And in terms of the prices aren't dropping from where they were three months ago, but they're starting to balance out. It was such a steep spike 
from month to month to month. You would buy a property for $50,000. And by the time you flip it and sell it, it's uh, or you buy it and it's worth 50,000 when you buy it. And by the time you market it and stuff, it's all are already worth 55 or 57,000. The market went up that quickly. Uh, I know that was kind of long, Daniel. What are you seeing on your uh, end before we talk about 2023? Definitely the market's adjusting back to normalcy. Um, major adjustments, obviously. Things are not selling as quick as they once were. But one thing I wanted to bring up, Ron, because I just made a video going out on YouTube short and Instagram this morning discussing the 2021 census um, of land and the prices of land and the historic historical prices of land. And if you look at the last, even like 50 years, Ron, land is constantly going up in price. There was not one year land dropped besides 2007, 2008. And in that year, it only dropped 3% versus the 10 to 20% real estate market as a whole. Land only dropped 3.2%. So it is super, super stable. I don't think prices of land are necessarily going to drop unless you're doing something similar to what Ron and I are. The days on market's obviously going up, Ron, um, but I don't think that's necessarily going to reflect on, it's just, like you said, it's just really getting back to the norm. Uh, prices aren't going to increase. They were up 20%. You know, Land prices last year were up 7% as a whole. And then certain markets were up way more and we're putting stuff on, getting over asking price offers. Things like that aren't happening anymore. We're putting things on for market value or a little below and things are sitting a little bit longer. This is the this is reality. We're back to reality. The hot hot market of 2021, 2020, 2021 and beginning of 2022 is gone, Ron. Yeah, and the question is like does this hurt us in a bad way? Is this bad for us or is it good for us? And I had a pretty blunt conversation with our salesperson today and he he came into the office this morning, he just like asked me like I've been reading a lot at night about the market stuff like that. What are your kind of thoughts for the next 12 months or 18 months, whatever? And I just told him like, at the end of the day, in any market, there are buyers. It just matters what the price is. Uh, so we can buy a property in rural Mississippi or rural wherever. And there is going to be a buyer if we post it and try to sell it for the right price. So our goal as a company and his goal as a salesperson is to try to really not beat down sellers, to be just be real with them. And it's been a lot of real conversations with these sellers like listen i understand we might have offered twenty thousand dollars this was three months ago the most we can do right now is 17 and we are constantly getting purchase agreements like this and it's the conversations you need to have to be sustainable for the next 12 months and you cannot just rely on the market continually to increase in appreciation like that because it's not going to happen in my opinion yeah and my, my mind's really shifting around from buy 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 and just keep acquiring 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 to like i am not Acquiring does make our business, but we have so much for sale right now. I'm just looking at the for sale side, just as important as the buy side as before, Ron, back in 2020, 2021, you buy, it sells pretty quickly and things are just changing. Like we have to put more emphasis on selling. Maybe we need some specific vid special videos going up on YouTube to get more views, whatever that is. We need to be able to sell properties and be able to sell what we, what we buy because it's, I don't want to say it's scary. You can buy a lot cheaper than what you could in 2020 right now, percentage of market value wise, but you got to be able to sell those. So it just changes, I think, the business model a little bit, uh, buying a little cheaper, being more cautious on what you're buying and spending more time on your selling versus buy whatever and know it's going to sell right away. Um, so things overall are just changing. I, I don't think it's necessarily against our favor. I think it's pretty neutral. There's pros and cons on both sides. 
And I think we're just getting back to normalcy. So you have to be good at both sides of the business. It's not just about buying anymore. Selling is just as important as buying. Yeah. And going into, start to talk about 2023, going into that, like I'm just as, I'm more confident, honestly, than I was going into 2022. Like, I think we can have any, everyone in this industry can have an extremely good 2023 if they're aware of things. If you go into anything blindly, like maybe you invested in crypto three years ago or something like that, you made some money. But a lot of these things, like if you just go into it blindly and don't do research, it's going to bite you. Uh, So that's what we're really going into 2023. We want to know our data. Uh, it's a huge thing for us, understanding where to mail, understanding what the price for, knowing when we're negotiating, when our salesperson's negotiating with someone, having a s- strict cutoff. Like we cannot go above $18,000. It's not a negotiation at $18,020. I don't care. We're not going above this number. It doesn't make sense for our business. And just having those data points in line with uh, for us in 2023 is going to really be helpful. Uh, but as a whole, I'm I'm really confident about this industry, what we're doing, and we're going into 2023. Like, I don't think I, I can't, I constantly think we can double, triple our, uh, what we did in 2022. And we're trying to do much bigger than that, uh, with con- continuing the higher and not really being scared of the market, just being aware of it. You got to be very aware of your inventory is what the main thing is here. You don't want one side to get too overdeveloped. You don't want, you know, 50 properties for sale. And all and buying twenty and none on the for, escrow side of for sale um, on the sell side. You just need to be really, really cautious because I've talked about this a lot recently, and it's really stuck. Is profit versus cash flow? If you're just dumping your money into all your properties, you're you're profiting, right? Because you're selling the properties, you're turning it. You're a profitable company. But if you just keep dumping that money back into more and more and more and more properties, your cash flow is going to be negative because all of your income is just going right back out into inventory and you don't get charged inventory cost of goods sold, which is the property in this case, until you sell it. So that's not recorded until you sell it. So there's a big difference, Ron, between profit and cash flow. And I'm more and more cautious of this going forward, I think, just because when markets change so quickly like they are, you're bound to have a skew in your in your deal flow. It's just going to happen. You can't predict everything. It's just, it's going to happen in your business. You're going to get heavy on one side and then you have to put emphasis on that side. Then you might get heavy on the other side because it swings. We've seen this before, Ron, where we really put emphasis on our for sale properties. They all went away and then we had hardly anything for sale. Then we had all these acquisitions and it's just, it's hard to keep that balance of deal flow. But I feel very good about 2023 overall. I think the barrier to entry is going to be a little bit lower now with people needing money. There's some things to really keep in mind. People are going to need money, buy cheaper, right? More people are going to be need money. More people are going to be liquidating. It's not like in 2020, you call these people up. They're like, do you know what the market's doing? All that kind of stuff. This is going to be 2023. Maybe we're still in a recession. Who knows what's going on? But either way, more people are going to need money. There's not all these grants getting out and whatnot, Ron. So buy cheaper, more people need money. That's one of my advice. Yeah. And going on that point about selling property, I I know I keep talking, saying like I had a conversation with my salesperson, but we're training him right now. So we just have these conversations. I tell him like, we need to sell property. It's not like an option. If we don't start selling property, we need to just cut off a hundred percent of our buying. Like that's the point you just need. There's a point we're not close to that right now, but there is a point. Like if you can't sell things, we need to cut off our, uh, we can't just increase inventory without having anything go out. But uh, one thing that's been difficult for me 
and I'm not the one that does it for the most part, but talking to these buyers, you need to be a lot more open to contingencies. You got to be much more open to negotiating. Like you can't just get an offer. Let's say you have a property posted for 30,000. You can't get a $20,000 offer, which six months ago, I would be offended. I just like, no, I'm not doing that. You got to be willing to negotiate with these people, meet somewhere 23, 24, and you got to know when it's a property that is going to be difficult to sell. When properties are difficult to sell or you feel at the beginning, that's how I know, like typically the first week, like I know this is going to be a little tougher. We're going to have to negotiate a little bit. When I feel that at the beginning of a property being for, for sale, you need to be more open to offers and stuff like that so you can turn it. There's some properties you're going to make buy for 50 still, sell for 120, but then you might have some that you buy for 25 and you sell for 35. It's not a great margin. It's not ideal in our business model, but you're flipping it. You're turning your money. Turning your money is going to be extremely important. Like Daniel said, with cash flow versus profit, I think it's so, so important as we move into this recession. Yeah, I take and and that's the thing we get caught up on, Ron. List it for hundred percent of what it's worth and wait six months or list it for 85, 90% and sell it in a month. You know, that's that's the thing. How much is that five months turning your money worth? And there's not a right or wrong answer. Both methods do work because there's a lot of people who take 15% over five months, right? It's still a good investment, but you have to think of where that money out is gonna be. And I just think, Ron, also one thing I wanted to bring up and see your opinion on was there's a lot less buyers in the market clearly now than what there were, Ron. How have you noticed that? Like we look at the Zillow views and saves a lot. Is that starting to reflect on there in general across the board, less views and saves, even on, you know, market value or less than market value price things? Have you noticed that change at all? Not really. It's it's hard to know because when things are priced well, they still sell extremely fast. Um, if you're in slower markets and you're not priced correctly, you're priced too high, things are not going to get attention. Um, I still I still think like, I don't know how much Zillow saves and views really tell the market because I'll randomly like look at $20 million houses on Zillow and just get views for that stuff. And people play around on Zillow all the time. So I, I don't know how much that really affects it. I know I feel good about a property when I list it and it's got 15 saves in the first day. But as far as our postings, like for our postings, we are seeing still a lot of interest if we're looking at Zillow views, saves, that kind of stuff. Nothing's really changing on that end. It just, I don't know, I keep coming back to it. It just matters if we're priced at the market value. It's all about supply and demand. And right now the supply is catching up to the demand a little bit, opposed to six months ago where the demand was uh, out the roof. And it was just, there's no supply. So this, there is more on the market. That's what I'm noticing, Dan. Yeah. And I think one thing to help kind of sell properties too, Ron, and it's been irrelevant the last few years, but I really think buyers list can do something. I was just in my office um, down in St. Petersburg, Florida, and there was a guy who owned a management company near me. And I heard him talking on the phone and pretty much she called, someone called him to see if a property was available. He said, no, it's not available. She asked, what else do they have? He said, we're currently 100% occupied. And then he said, but we have a, uh, I have a list I can put you on if you want to get updates on their next available listing. So she's like, oh, absolutely. She sent him an email right after that with her contact information. He put her in the system and they automatically send out these updates when they go live. So a listing goes live, boom, it shoots over to 100 people who called them who were interested in a property in this area that's a hundred very, very good leads versus putting it on the market and getting a, a thousand, 500, 200 views on Zillow, whatever it is of random people all across the country. 
These are very targeted. Buyers lists are extremely targeted. And then they know people and there's referrals. And not everyone's good with the internet either. Not people, not everyone's on Zillow looking. Some people only find properties because they're local to an area by word of mouth. You just never know. So I think that could come back around. I know we don't do it. We're really bad with it because we haven't needed it yet. But that there might be a time where this really, really gets valuable, Ron. Yeah, I think it's getting to that point, to be honest. And it's something we're working on. And our salesperson who is in charge of buyers is working on. And we're trying to systematize it more so stuff like that can happen. But buyers lists, like that's how wholesalers live with buyers lists and stuff like that. Tell a lot of flippers and stuff. That's how they make their money is by having a really good buyers list. That's just as important as any of their incoming leads is how they're going to sell it. Uh, so yeah, I a hundred percent agree that those buyers list are becoming like, if you know, an X area, like I have 12 people who are looking for whatever, five to seven acres, something like that, five to six acres, they can buy in this price range and you have something. Those are those, the quality of those leads is unbelievable. And that's what I'm teaching our salesperson to do is by when these people don't, we don't have something that matches. All right. What are you looking for? What acreage range, what area? So we can notify you when you get, when we get a property in that area. And if you can have properties almost sold before you buy them, that's how you can make so much money. And we talk about holding time of money or how long your money's out. Your money's going to be out for a week and then you're going to have your money back plus 10, $15,000, whatever the margin is. Right. And people don't just see everything automatically on the market, right? Just because you put something on the MLS and Zillow and Realtor.com doesn't mean they're going to see it. There could be a hundred other properties. They could miss it. And it just, it, yeah, it really depends, Ron, with that. Because it's some people just assume everyone in that market's going to see the property that you list. It's not the case. I really see a lot of value in buyer's list. The difference between us and wholesalers, we actually buy it so we can list it on the MLS wholesalers just assign it so they can't technically or legally list it on or market the property over to the public like that. But Ron, that's all I really have. I just can, I had on here some things to really keep in mind in 2023 is the things we talked about buy cheaper, more people need more money. Um, if you want to sell a property quick, you talked about underpricing it 80 to 90%. There will always be a market for underpriced land and consider getting a buyer's list. Those are like my three things. I feel very optimistic about the market moving forward. I'm excited. I see all these acquisition opportunities that are coming that weren't here five, six months ago from people who wouldn't necessarily sell six months ago and want to sell now because life has changed. Mm, that's a really good point. And one thing to add one more thing going in 2023, I'm going to really focus. And as we hire a data specialist to price our mail and stuff like that, but I'm going to really focus on bigger land. I think there's more opportunities for these people who might own half a million dollar worth of land that just kept on ripping our letter up, throwing our letter away these last two, three years when the market was really good. They might need some money now. People are going to need money in 2023. If you can give them a way out, a way to get money to liquidate their land really quickly, it's going to be enticing for them. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm so excited for the market going forward. Honestly, I'm more excited for this than going into a hot market last year to be honest. So I, I, I think this, this industry as a whole is completely open. Uh, and if you're thinking, or if you're scared of entering this market or this industry because of a recession, it's, it's not an excuse. It's not the reason to uh, not start investing in land or flipping. I mean, if anything, it's driving even further. This, this industry is very low comp competition, has very low competition and a recession or down market's going to create that competition even lower because people are scared to start businesses in recession. So if anything, it's probably the best time. And I think the acquisition, like the hardest thing about 
the last couple of years, like I said, guys, is acquiring properties has been fairly difficult. We're still doing it on a large scale, but compared to what it's becoming, and that's like just getting responses. People, that's what drives people away from this business is sending out mail and getting a lack of responses or a deal on their first mailer. But your acquisition rate's gonna go way up during this down market. But that's all I have. Any last comments, Ron? No, uh, like I said, I'm excited. I think this is a good episode. Looking forward, we're almost in 2023. It's already by the time this releases, it's mid-September. So we're getting really close to there and it's gonna be a good year. The market's gonna keep on flattening or going down a little bit, but I'm excited for it. Yeah, exactly. And two things I wanted to bring up too, Ron, was we have a Wednesday, if you guys are in our Discord, we have a Friday lunch and learn and a Wednesday live call on a webinar going over great deals. The lunch and learn is really just a Q&A in our Discord Friday at noon Eastern time. Hop in there if you guys didn't know about it. We don't advertise it much, but we've had a really great turnout. We'd love to see you guys there. Other than that, thanks for joining. To get started and to unlock your potential freedom, visit landinvestingonline.com slash discord to join our free discord with tons of successful investors, including Ron and myself. Please like and subscribe this video, YouTube podcast, Apple podcast, Spotify, whatever you guys are listening on. It really means a lot. Other than that, we'll see you next episode. Thank you for joining. Thanks, guys.